Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, Episode 77. And this is your host, Alfredo Esparza. Normally, you'd hear the, 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 the beautiful singing voice of Kurt Brown, but he's not here this week. Instead, we have the voice of Dr. Lucha, Steve Sims. Are you ready to sing for us, Steve? I, that will drive every listener away. Worse, <laughs> worse than Dulce Sexy Garcia's boxing is my singing. Oh, you know, when I sent you that, that topic list, I think I had that, that at the bottom, but that was because I hadn't watched the match. But I think we should start with that. What did you think of that well, boxing? It was an all-time classic. It was an all-time classic. Um, i not speaking Spanish as well as I did. I have to ask one question first. The scorecard that they showed at each of each round, was that Televisa's or was that official or, or did, did they even identify whether or not they, you know, they were just making those numbers, those 10 and 9s out of thin air? Yeah, you know what? I was, I was be, being explained by somebody who was watching it live or they watched it before I did. Um, it, was, it was like, you know how um, HBO has one of, their, um, one of their announcers would keep a judge's card for himself? Yes. Yes. That's what basically the, the, the one of the announcers was doing that for um for telev for television. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't agree I didn't agree with giving the opponent round one. Yeah. <laughs> that was really bad. I mean she first of all she looked really bad. I, I saw when she got the ten nine lead, I didn't really see her do anything, so that kinda seemed a little off right there. So It did it did. I, I you know, I, I give I give sexy I give Dulce a lot of credit for doing this in the first place. I mean she did it legitimately. She may not have done it very well, but she she's clearly she's trained and she's tried. Yeah. Um she's she's starting at a very old age to be starting this out, but then again, who knows what women's boxing is like? I mean, I didn't even know the rounds were two minute rounds. I thought there were three minute rounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, much- I I had to re- I had to like rewind the the YouTube like turn it started all over because the the rounds seemed so short for a boxing match. They did. They you know they they did a good job filming it though. I mean, the, every punch that actually connected, they replayed. There weren't that many punches that connected, but it was it was you know a a opening card match of a debuting person. I wasn't really, you know, impressed with the boxing. The, the opponent was, you know, as they, as they used to call them in, in, in the business tomato cans. Yes. The, the opponent was a tomato can and she looked like one. She didn't look, look exactly <laughs> as thin and, and as, as in shape as, as Garcia did. But I mean, she kept her, she kept her hands in front of her face for four rounds for eight minutes. So that's saying yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it, what it means beyond this one fight. I mean, I'm sure she's going to fight a lot, a lot of bad um, boxers to begin with, because that's how boxing usually starts. A career usually uh-huh. starts like that. But I don't really know what the end game is. Like, who's her like top opponent? What's going to happen beyond this? I mean, is there money yeah, for interested. her to make? Really? I mean, I'm interested to see it too. It may. Be- I'm I'm trying to figure out what this means, but I have see, seen that the view count on YouTube of of her fight is about six thousand. Yeah, which, it was pretty you know, high when I saw it. Compares, you know, that's good, but you compare it to Atlantis and Lasombra, which is <laughs> in, in its various formats has had millions of views. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it may be just as well that she got announced as the winners, and that no, not a lot of people saw it, and they just. You know, they just read in the newspaper or heard on the sports report that she won the match. Yeah. Uh, did you hear the the announcer mention what her career was going to be going forward? 
not I don't if if he did I didn't I didn't catch it. I was trying to see if there was a reason why he was explaining why Gianelli would not come out of her corner for the for the uh, reading of the uh, scorecards. Yeah, very, very. I think very early in the first round, he was talking about how um, it's, um, sexy star or Dulce Garcia. Um, uh-huh. She was her plan going forward was that she was going to get be a boxer full time in Mexico, but she, and she would only wrestle going forward in the United States. She wasn't going to wrestle anymore in Mexico. No, I didn't. I didn't catch that. That's a very interesting thing, though. I. I don't. I don't know the female boxing division. I don't think it's very strong anywhere in the world. Yeah. But I don't think it's very really very strong in Mexico. So that's that's very interesting. You know. What do you why, think about? Why do you think the she's biggest been question is why does she want to do this? Why would she even want to do this? Especially later in her career, also, and she's kind of popular now as a wrestler. Yeah. It's just. It's like there's been no evidence that I can see that she's wanted to get into real fights or anything like this. It's just odd stuff. Anyway, you were saying, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. What do you think about um, this, her decision of that? She's basically just going to wrestle in the United States going forward. Is Do you think that's true or is it just another one of those tales that a wrestler just says out of, um, you know, just something that's sudden, a sudden response to a question that that's all they're saying. Well, I believe if I'm correct, that the last thing that she has said publicly in the U.S. is that she was finished with wrestling, mm-hmm. and that she did she wasn't going to do anything more in wrestling. So, if that's the case, why well, would say something different like this? Maybe maybe she's being serious, and she says, you know, this boxing thing is tougher than I thought. It may not work out. There's no money in it. All my money that I can make is is a is a um, um, is as a wrestler, et cetera. Yeah. Or she may have said, well, this is just, all I'm saying is I'm going to say this. So I improve my negotiation, negotiating position with Lucha Underground when they come around. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, getting that, I guess we could, we could skip over to the next topic since where you brought it up. Um, the, the, I guess the big news, the last couple of You mean weeks. there's more, there's more going on in the world than Garcia? Boxing, right? You know, it's weird. It's weird because there, there really isn't that much going on in the actual ring, like as far as anything interesting. But uh-huh. we're really like that one. The big star is really the AAA impact relationship and how, you know, how it affects them, but also all these other promotions that are kind of like circling around those two promotions. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the whole AAA impact um, well, partnership? I have to say, and I know this is not true because I've been told by invested parties that it's not true, but this would make a lot of sense if this were all an angle where around Triple Mania time, the Rebellion came back and jumped right back into AAA rings and yeah. started the promotion versus promotion feud. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I think Conan has tried to work something out very, you know, professionally and has gotten screwed from both ends, the poor guy. Yeah. He's he's like he's stuck in doing a role that's going to pay him some good money that's totally anathema to the other company that needs him to be their brain trust. And I'm not sure that it will be much longer that if if AAA and Impact really do have a a strong relationship that they're going to want Conan around. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's it. At what point did this all fall apart for Conan? I mean, it kind of seems like at one point he was the one who was really the guy really pushing for Lucha Underground, and now they don't want anything to they like what, from reading the the Observer's um, report on Penta's um, 
meeting uh-huh. with Vampiro and Eric, it kind of seems like they don't want anything. They don't want anything to do with Conan. Triple uh, A well, has yeah. yeah, I mean, what's what? Yeah. Where did this all fall apart? Really, I mean, I I would to be. I'm going to take some a couple of educated guesses, but I don't. I, I'll have to say I don't know the answer, you know, factually up front. My guess is it may not have fallen apart. It's just that Jarrett, as a businessman, might have been contacted by um, Dorian Roldan, even though he had believed and really did intend to offer his guys to crash. And Roldan said, "Well, I need some guys too. I need, you know, I want to make Triple Mania. I think this was the the, the genesis of it. I need Triple Mania to be my biggest show of all time. And one of the ways." to bring in some American talent. Yeah. So who do, you, who do you have that can do it? And so then they go on and announce that they have a quote-unquote agreement with each other, a working agreement. And Crash is a promotion that runs, what, a couple of shows, three shows a month total, and AAA with all its house shows, of course, is a full-time promotion. So maybe, maybe Jarrett is the one in here just trying, with, without any malice, to see if he can maximize revenue for for a, a company that's in, in you know impacts not in great shape and they, they don't have a lot of stars left so so uh he, he may be trying to do that himself the odd thing is is that i would have thought everybody would have known that the hardys were going back to wwe yeah it seemed like that was and for to have them work crash and to have them brought in in and and given belts and assumed that a, you know that they were going to be you know showing all the international titles they win back on Impact and stuff like that indicates that one side is not talking to the other and somebody in there and I don't know who it is is is, is trying to play one side against the other. Yeah. How, how do you see it? I mean that's how I see it because I mean what it, every other week if the Crash runs a show they're they talk positively about the Crash. And then, like the next week, if they're at a AAA event, they're talking about how great AAA is. They don't mention triple. They don't mention the other promotion when they're in the other promotion. I mean, when they had the press conference, I don't. I don't even think um, anyone bothered to ask what's going on with the Crash and Lucha Underground. With um, I know they mentioned Lucha Underground through Dorian, but it's like Jared and everybody else doesn't really bring that stuff up. It's I. I just think I, like I, like it. It really seems like the Crash is getting screwed out of all this and. And I, I kind of worry about all those guys that left AAA because now they lose impact as an option. Although I don't, I don't really know how great an option that is. Right yeah, now. I don't know that I, how good that was going to be too. If all they were ever going to do was use Garza Jr. and Laredo Kid. Yeah, I and mean, it, 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 the crash hasn't loved, lost that much. And the other thing I think, Fredo, is is that maybe that's one of the reasons Crash has has tried to bring in as much talent as they can for their first few shows is to actually work with them and get the promoters to work with them and see who it is that they can try and set up some sort of agreement with for future dates that they can, uh, you know, where they don't have to bring 40 guys in, but they yeah. bring five guys in, the same five guys, and maybe they're like Sabre and 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 Willie Mack or whoever it is, um, or Brian Cage, and bring them in every 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 show they have to make a a – you know, like it's something more similar to PWG where you get some new guys each time, but you don't get a complete turnover in talent each time. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I, I just think the crash with all the, all these, all these, all the talent that they have, that's 
affiliated with another promotion. It just seems like it's, I don't really know. Do you think they'll get TV? I mean, I don't see them getting TV just because Elite had trouble dealing with getting that. CML yeah, doesn't I, have it. I, I don't unless AAA collapses, unless AAA has a very bad second half of the year and runs into such financial distress that they need to sell or combine their company in order to keep the Televisa time slot. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that Televisa is not interested in doing business with Paco Alonso from years and years and years and years of experience. And, you know, it's not so much negative. It's just, it's just like they're not that interested. And, and the AAA time slot is, is obviously something, you know, a television time slot. So obviously something very valuable unless they can sneak in something like that. I don't. I just wonder at what point in time Mexico becomes so um, caught up in, in you know digital streaming and stream and and, and uh, the ways that fans follow follow you know all of Joey Ryan's matches or all of uh, Matt Riddle's matches all around the world through through DVDs and through streaming and stuff like that to where that they don't need a TV slot because they're they're only going to have a show of just you know two or three or a a a a schedule of two or three shows a month and yeah. it's, it's going to be you know at that point it's like yeah i don't it's tough it's tough to tell yeah i mean triple a is i think the biggest story of all of 2017 is how strong triple a has been when it they're they're for most of the year, their cards have been boring. Lately, <laughs> they've, they've been just indescribable. On occasion, you'll get good matches, but you never know what you're going to get when you turn on the TV. They've been wildly different since Vampiro took over. They've had, you know, a death of the person who was in charge of the, the entire office. And and yet, they're just, they're just chugging along. Yeah, well, I, we can get to that. What, what is their talent? The talent just doesn't justify it, but they are. Yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on the booking this year for um, AAA? I mean, really, that's, I mean, I think now it's Vampiro and DeJoseph, Chris DeJoseph are involved in that, and I mean... It'll be more interesting to us. The question is, it'll be more interesting to the 99% of people who in Mexico who decide whether to go just based on the brand and whether they're going to be entertained. Yeah. The only, as, as I wrote for the Figure Four Weekly that's coming out today or tomorrow... The only promise AAA has made this whole year is that we're going to have a match in August between Wagner and Psycho Clown for the masks. Yes. They haven't promised anything else. So they've got a lot of room to work with, and and therefore they're not breaking any promises when they change their, their, their undercards and, and TV tapings and stuff like that. I suspect that they, you know, the, the hole that they're in, especially with the Lucha Underground, not you know, not being a, a profitable venture so far financially. Yeah. Is 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 such that they that Dorian felt very tied down as to um costs that he had in bringing people in and maybe Vampiro will, will convince Dorian and Mary Sella to open up the purse strings a little bit and let them bring in somebody and hopefully somebody better than Kevin Cross. But bring in <laughs> bring in some guys from impact or bring in some guys from, from the independence. If they can find somebody that crash hasn't used to, uh, 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 you know, to be the, the foreign guy. I, I, 
I think the best thing they could do is Team Trump, but I don't know whether Televisa will allow them to use Team Team Trump. That's a sensitive topic. I think I think I know who you want to be part of AAA. Luchasaurus. I mean, that's obviously yes. (laughs) Cheeseburger. I I definitely want the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. (laughs) We could go to Luchasaurus and cheeseburger. Or a three-way match. <laughs> I what what do you what do you think of all the like the the whole the I mean really with all the talent that's left AAA in the last year or so year or two I mean they've really had to elevate a lot of new talent. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the guys that they've decided to elevate like Arjenis, um, Poder del Norte, all these other guys that normally well, you would have I mean at one point all well, these yeah. guys were thinking of leaving so. On the on the piece of paper and on reading it in Lucha Blog and reading it in the Observer, the Paul Del Norte uh, push, I can I can understand a little bit. I understand they're trying to get they've got a pay per view and and twenty weeks of TV to fill between Rey de Reyes and and uh, Triple Mania. Yeah, they've got to do something with Wagner and Clown. They just can't have them fight each other for twenty straight or fifteen straight TV tapings. In reality, of course, as you've seen and as you've seen on the shows and stuff like that, those guys are not as you know. And I like the you know the, the people, I like the wrestlers and stuff like that, but that's not somebody that should be up in the main event of their matches. So you didn't you don't want to watch Pagano versus Doctor Wagner Jr. versus Psycho Clown no, over no, no, and over? No, you got to remember that I'm, I'm a Pagano man through and through. My wrestler, <laughs> of, my wrestler of the year. Where where is Liger Fever to back me up on this? <laughs> it's it's no Pagano should not be in the main events either. He's he, he's fine for his role when he, especially when he turns babyface as second or third from the top. But mm-hmm. you know, Fredo they they're selling they're they're doing good this year. They're not selling out every show like they claim they are, but they're doing far better than I would have guessed. In, yeah, I mean, in, I... all around the horn and and. It's it's the brand more than anything else. People are just they expect when they go to AAA they're going to get a Lucha Libre show with all sorts of entertainment in there, and they do. And the only thing promised to them is a Wagner versus Psycho, and everything else is just we'll see it when we get there. One of the one of the things that was brought up in that pet press conference was the possibility of um, Lucha Underground talent going on Impact. Do you see that happening, or do you just I think, think it's No, no, I think it is. No, I think it is possible. Cause really. My, only because until you get an actual date where these guys can be uh, booked for Lucha Underground and make, you know, and receive a check for wrestling for Lucha Underground, they've got a right to be able to work someplace. And I just, to me, to me, maybe this is not true in the overall marketplace. To me, the two audiences, the audience that watches El Ray and the audience that watches Impact are both, A, they're both very small. And yeah. B, there, are, there is some, some, but not a lot of crossover. There's the crossover person of the guy, the the man or or the the lucha uh, fan that watches everything. There's there's me and you and the people that watch everything. And then beyond that, there's some some crossover, but I, I I don't see them being in competition with each other. I don't see if somebody if if for example Willie Mack appears on either show, I don't see him hurting. Uh, even if it's two different characters, um, hurting or impacting the other—I I, I shouldn't use the word "impacting" as a verb—the um, 
um, be, being of any any particular great loss to the other company if they if they do. I think the main thing they want to avoid is, is their t- talent appearing on something that would be competition to them, which is either WWE or some version of you, you know of the wars in Mexico, yeah. where if you're a AAA guy, you can't appear on CMLL or 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 vice versa. Yeah. Um, have have you been following the La Llave de la Gloria turn tryouts or? I, you, well, I have. I have. I am very excited for Astrolux. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ready to go out on a great limb like I did for for Rush or Barbara Carbonario. But uh-huh. I also think Bronco Gonzalez Jr. could turn out. He strikes me as somebody with a lot of potential. Yeah. Did, did you watch that match on with Hijo de Vikingo and all those guys? Yeah. Yeah. What, I, enjoy, it, it, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the match. I mean, I would like to see the faces against more veteran heels and the heel and the, the heels against more veteran faces, because at that point you've got basically a glorified training school. Yeah, and that's what that's what you ended up getting because you've got six relatively inexperienced guys that haven't worked with each other very often. Yeah, I, I thought Hijo de Vikingo looked really good in that match. But like I was, I mentioned it to the Lucha Talk guys. I, I thought they were all like midgets. I mean, it's not, it's not a. I mean, they need a they need depth really right now. I don't think they're worried about getting superstars right now. But, you know, it it kind of it's kind of it's going to be a slow process for them to recover from all the, you know, yeah. what was it two years ago? We were talking about this promotion having a, the, the one of the best rosters in rosters in the world. Yes, yes. yes. it's like it was amazing, and now it's like, now you're like talking about. Um, Mocho Cota Jr. and Carta Brava Jr. and all these guys headlining shows and or um, Argenis is now the sudden hot technical of the promotion. Yes, the Rey Rey Reyes. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out well. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I don't I I don't even see Drago on there as, as much as as he used to be, and he's like far and away one of the better wrestlers in that promotion right now. But you know, I I'm 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 curious to see if any of those guys end up on Impact just because it. I think they need more work just because Lucha Underground. When I first heard the, the, that relationship was happening, I thought maybe Lucha Underground was was done because it doesn't really seem like they've done they've not done anything that they've said they plan on doing. You know, going back to season one, I mean, they were talking about doing um, you know tours and merchandise and all that stuff, and they've done some merchandise, but it isn't anything as as major as what you would expect, uh, you know, a no, 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 not even, it hasn't even been a lot of merchandise that you'd expect with an action TV show. Yeah. I mean, even like the Netflix deal, I mean, they got the deal and they don't really mention it. Like, I don't see, like I've seen like a couple of ads when, um, well, you know, obviously AAA tried to put the ad in one of their, um, shows and it got, um, it, it got blocked by, uh, yeah. by Lucha Underground. So that didn't help, but, um, by L Ray, but it's like, I don't, I don't really see, uh, I don't see a lot of growth in Lucha Underground since, the first two seasons it's it's um, as, as somebody says i have two thoughts on that and they're both very brief one is somebody says is you know until the, the, the check arrives in the mail you haven't made any money and until they actually schedule a date they haven't scheduled a date yeah but then again i remember reading within just the past few days lucha blogs column on visiting the uh, the industry show that he went to and he was very, very encouraging that 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 you know that El Rey was Lucha Underground and vice versa, and that that was the show they were going to build off on, and he just couldn't see them not 
going forward with Lucha Underground because that in 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 a in a not a not a logical sense, but in a in spiritual sense, that would be like there'd be no more LRA. Yeah, I mean, I, and I could believe that because I mean, beyond Lucha Underground, it's really just a lot of mixed martial arts um, movies on there. So <laughs> you know the Cartoon Channel. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I mean, it's for it's kind of like the old TBS. Uh, remember they used to do like a two hour block of movies for guys who like movies. That's basically what Al Ray is. Like it's a it's a twenty four seven movies for guys who like movies type of channel. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, and it's not a very large channel. And the best thing they have doesn't draw very many fans in a country of three hundred and thirty million people. And then of course you can always get it. In, in you know in, in cable systems and 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 people like Cubs fan t- taping it and putting it on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. To only get a cup couple hundred thousand views or hundred fifty thousand views isn't you know isn't enough to where this this is where I just I I, I understand what Cubs wrote and I'm sure he's correct but it's just got to be there's got to be a point somewhere where they say if all we can draw is two hundred thousand people on it is the network worth continuing or is the cost of 10 or 15 million dollars episode whatever it is whatever it is yeah 1 I mean, million 1 million an episode whatever getting I mean, back at, at some point what's the, what's the what's the point yeah i know it's like it just seems like they're just going to keep they're going to i mean it's it's i think it's a lot of wrestling promoters get into wrestling and you know a lot of people get into wrestling and do this sort of thing where they just keep going and going and they don't make money so you kind of you kind of wonder if they're, they have the same philosophy in um, the Al Ray Network. I, 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 I wonder. I don't, I don't know if they've gone through, you know, they've gone through three whole seasons and stuff on it. Yeah. But yeah, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I'm not as, I loved it, but I'm not as interested as I used to be on it. Oh, right. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, I must not be because I can't remember what happened the first half of season three. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was like I, I wanted to know because I know I think I think when Cubs fans started like he's still into it like he's probably the one that's probably the most committed to this Lucha Underground um, promotion. But the rest of us, I think Chris Downer tapped out early in season three. Like he just sent me a message and told me he didn't he just wasn't into it anymore. And then I think I still watch it because I do the the podcast and all this stuff. But it's like there's some shows where it's like. I don't even know if it's as good as um, some of the AAA TV shows that I've watched recently. It's like, it's. it's, it's I uh, hope it was better than last week's. <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to our next Lucha Talk where we talk about the the upcoming show. So you, oh, okay. you, we, we were we were a lot more po- well. I didn't watch the entire thing, but they were a lot more positive on that. I I, I watched the La Llave a la Gloria match, and that was. Uh huh. I, I think I should end. Well, I what could, did you think? What did you think of that? Did you think it it helped introduce new guys? I think it did, but it's also they're just putting them in the. It, it, they're putting it in the same like they 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 brought them in as minis. I mean, I would have liked to have seen them work with some of the like taller guys, you know, or are these? I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think the best the best thing out of it was that now you have perhaps more challengers for Dynastia, who I think yeah. has been completely yeah. misused in the promotion, and I think he's he's a guy you could build around for that promotion. He, he doesn't have to be a main eventer, but at least you have one guy like lower in the card where you could say. Oh, Dynasty is going to have a title match against, you know, not just many of these Monegro, but maybe against Hijo de Dikingo, um, Octagoncito still there, um, you know, the Concord, Bronco Gonzalez Jr., all these other guys. 
I think the other yeah. guys. I think the other guys that are in that tournament are also um, smaller guys. I mean, Astrolux. Astrolux would be sensational there. What do you think of Amos's idea of just trashing the minis division and throwing everybody that's not like you know, yeah. anybody shocker Cito size or or taller goes into the regular division if they're micro man, which we'll get to later. I think that's that, a different story. Yeah, I think that's. I think it would work for the guys who are taller. But really, I mean, would you keep some of those guys? I mean, I don't think you would really. I don't, oh I no, most of the CMLL guys, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I, they I, weren't classified as minis, they wouldn't have a job. Yeah, I, I think Stukita fits perfectly. I think um, Electrico, I think, would be fine. But then, because they're technicals, but and they could be small. But it's like I can't see them keeping Mercurio and all those guys. It's like if they're not, they're not as. I mean, I think they're better than some of those, those lower card CML guys that I think we all dread watching on Tuesdays. And we actually got a few on Friday, but it's like, it's not a, it's not, it's not something that I really want to. With with AAA, I think it would work perfectly because Dinastia could work with um, Averno and guys like that. Those guys are, aren't that tall. Uh, they don't have a deep enough roster where you could be like, you know picky about these guys not working with um, those kind of guys. In one of the things that you wrote about Fishman's auto, uh, obituary, in one of the, the comments and stuff you mentioned, you know, he had been married to Lola Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And when they were married, Lola was kind of like the fabulous moolah of Mexico. I don't know if people realize that, but not only was she the lead, the lead wrestler, because she was good. I mean, she was very good. She may have been as good as a luchadora as there was in her, in her era. Uh-huh. But she she booked not one hundred percent, but she basically had the women's troupe of the big stars. Oh, really? And, and she booked them, and she took them all over Mexico and booked them. And one of her great philosophy was was when TV came along was was they couldn't work TV more than once a month because it would kill them. And I think that's I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think that's what's hurting. I think that's, we'll talk about that with CMLL, but I mean, I think that's hurting CMLL being on online so much where I think now we see all these, especially now that it's kind of not as good as it used to be. I think it hurts. It hurts some of the women being on there, the minis. I mean, they're on there so much and it's like, you just look at them and it's like, oh my God, they're really bad. And I think it, I think it leaves a bad taste. Although you do have some fans who, I mean, love that, that stuff. And they're like they love the division. The they do, division. they do. But in Mexico, unfortunately, and I, I guess it's it's still it's still it's still you know it's set in its ways. These people are looked more as attractions than as wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're bringing up CML, so we should just get to CML. Um, we we have the, a big match coming up this coming the Sunday. biggest the biggest match the biggest. probably of the decade or of the century. I don't know which one how much bigger it could possibly be. be. But you, as you were saying uh, about the minis, um, we have Zachariah Celperico and Mije versus El Gallito and Microman with El Guapito as referee. Is this going to be the biggest match of this of 2017? The biggest little match in Mexico ever. <laughs> Notice they had, to, they had to wait until they could find somebody to take K. Monito's place because he is literally the most immobile person affiliated with any wrestling promotion anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see if Microman is going to be that more mobile than he is because he didn't look that mobile to begin with, but yeah, he, well, he doesn't. It, I, the sad thing is, and I know that they have been working on a match, 
and I'm sure they can they can throw some bells and whistles in there to make it to make it more interesting. And it's a kid day's card, and there will be far more families and kids that couldn't give a hoot about you know wrestling quality. Yeah, than, than usually show up to CMLL shows, but it's got the chance of, of being a disaster. <laughs> and unfortunately, we won't be able to see it because they probably won't post it online. So I don't know. The, the poster says it's taped for television, though. Am I, did I not see that? Yeah, they told me that. I think they post. I think they put the tape for television on every single one oh, of their posters. Single, okay. And okay, they, yeah, because I so rarely see their posters other than... Yeah, when they at, when I asked, they told me they didn't tape it at all. Like, when I asked for Dragon Lee and Carbonario, and they're like, we don't tape that. We don't tape Sundays. It's like, And they still air clips of it, so it's like they do tape it. Yeah, they, right. They they tape it. It. Yeah, it's... Do, so do you think this would be an ideal pl- spot to put Chakrasito and Pirotito and the good minis in CML? Because, I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if Gallito and Microman could actually hang with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um... It's tough because if you bring them in uh, under their names, if you bring them in under Chakrasito, you run the risk of them getting affiliated in people's minds with mascots and not taking them yeah. their wrestling matches as seriously. You know, it would be interesting if Chakrasito and Stukita suddenly appeared as different characters under hoods and made it a sort of a six-man mascots match. Yeah, like and, with them teaming up with these guys. Yeah, and then you've got, you know, it would be kind of a giveaway. You know, you have four people that can barely move and two people that can move great. <laughs> but you know, I mean, this is this is the point. People have been, actually, people have been begging for this match for like 30 years. Yes, I think. Some I think, version of this match for 30 years. Yes, I think I think the last time we had an, an actual dwarf match, as Mihek um, claimed they're all dwarfs, they're not, they're not many, they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, yeah. they're, they're dwarves. They're, they're, they're I think the last, yeah, I think the last time we had this was like maybe 1999 when um, AAA had um, Andre Anano and um, all those guys, Gulliver and those those, those guys. It's been yeah, a while. Going back to the days of Gulliver, Gulliver and Mikro Conan and all. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on Copa Jr. and Nuevo Valores? Have you enjoyed that or <laughs> do you wish? I enjoyed, I enjoyed Block A tremendously, maybe because it's it kind of, Sorry about that. I don't know why I keep hitting a button on the phone. Um, <laughs> it's it's because of expectations. It's kind of like the Diamante Azul Pierros hair match. Mm-hmm. The expectations were so incredibly low that the fact that they had a a a one star or zero star match actually made it seem better because people yeah. were expecting the worst match of all time. And with the Cup of Junior and with with the four the four guys that weren't very good in it that were in Block A. Yeah. I wasn't expecting very good, and it turned out fine. It turned yeah. out to be a, a good match. Block B, I, and I thought Block A, the only thing I would have criticized was was too long, and that may have led to the fact that they gave so much time to Block B this week, this past Friday. Yeah. And I thought it was really too long. I thought it started to show um, the, the, you know, other than maybe Sansa, that, you know, people, and, and, and of course, Panther Jr., they, uh, they really started to show people as they got more and more tired later in the match. Yeah. Um, getting, getting, you know, rough around the edges. What did you think of Blue Panther Jr.'s performance? Pretty bad, right? It was, it was bad. I was, once I saw Soberano, Soberano Jr. win Block A, I presume, and I still do, 
that this is all part of, there, there are two reasons behind it. One obvious and one not so obvious. The obvious is the same reason why Angel de Oro won. Either I'm totally off on this and, and they give Sansana a win because, you know, he deserves it and stuff like that. And, and Snow loves to have his Rudos win. Or they've got something good planned for Sobrano Jr. And I think that's the big thing. That's, I think that's the big story. They probably do. They probably have something set for him to promote him up the ladder. You know, they lost Mascara Dorado last year. They lost Dragon Lee. Uh, or we presume Dragon Lee will be working some international dates over the next 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, yeah. They're going to be in need of another young Technico. And, you know, I don't know how many people have picked up on this, but he is the young Technico that draws female fans. Yeah. I, I, More so I, I, than the other. Yeah. He really draws young female fans. <laughs> none of the other. The others draw young male fans fine, but Sobrano Jr. really draws young female fans, and I think the promotion has noticed that. Oh, that's good. I mean, because he's really talented, and they really do need somebody fresh. I mean, they need more than just one person on top now that, you know, it's, they kind of run the same matches over and over again. So I think we've, I think we've gone through Ultimo Guerrero versus Atlantis, Ultimo well, Guerrero versus Valiente about at least a dozen times, so we need something new up on top. How about Volador Jr. and La Mascara? <laughs> oh, yes. There's the other one. The other one that I think they've done that for You know what the, the funny thing is? I oh. think, and I'm going to go way out on a limb here, in, and I, I better duck because a nuclear missile is coming in from Toronto, Canada on this. But I think La Mascara has had a superb for him first part of this year, athletically. Really? Athletically. Yeah, not not in his character, but athletically. And I think he and Volador Jr. are going to tear it up Friday night. I really do think athletically they are just going to go, this is somebody Volador Jr. can actually keep up with him speed-wise, jump-wise, height-wise, et cetera. Yeah, I think I think what hurts LaMosca is that he's teaming up with, you know, they're doing the Ingo Bernabas trios matches, and it's, you know, there's only so much you can get out of the, you know, first of all, you're handicapped with pure growth, and, you know, it's, it's not a it's not a pretty match because it's mostly just them brawling and you know building up a whatever their issue is with whoever like with Diamante Azul, Atlantis. Yeah. So it's like he doesn't get to show as much. But I and you know the times he I think against Volador Junior. I mean that should be I mean it's he's not the worst wrestler in the world. So it's not it, it, La Mascara is a he's, he's, he's been boring and repetitive. Yeah, and I think this is this is an opponent with which if he if if they're allowed to, if he's allowed to, normally in female main events, they allow you to, Yeah, is go out and kill it. Yeah, because I, I think La Mosca, that's that, exactly how you described him, boring and repetitive. That's He falls into that trap at times. And I think if you put him in with somebody that's that's willing to do some different stuff with him or like a, just a singles match that he could get motivated behind, he'll do a little more. Oh. But it's like... You know, do you know anybody who's interviewed Volador Jr.? Any chance? Yeah, I have a few times. I know someone. <laughs> is is it my imagination, or does he look over the last six months just really held back, like frustrated? Like I can, like every time I see him in the ring these days, I go, like he is thinking to himself, I can do twice the stuff, and I'm just, this is what they told me to do, just you, do A, B, and C. You think he's tired of being in matches with Pierros? <laughs> oh yeah, I think he's. Well, I just think he's he's just. He's he's realizes that he's probably about as good as far as the combination of knowing what to do and being able to actually physically do it. Yeah. He's probably just about right at his peak. And he's like goes, Look at these matches I have at every other promotion. 
I can do a ton of things here that, you know, will help build the crowds, get people to come back, start feuds and stuff like that. And it looks like he's going. And yet I just, all I can do is just say, I got to set up that one dive over the, over the barrier. Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing. When you when I talk to a lot of the guys from CML, when I'll tell them about how, you know, their matches can be repetitive and stuff, like a lot of them will be like, yeah, but that's, you know, they, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll like, you know, go the other way, like be like, yeah, but it's CMLL. A lot of people don't get to see it. Whereas Volador Jr. kind of stayed quiet and like nodded <laughs> in agreement. Uh-huh. You know, he was, he was, he kind of notices it, it also. Because remember they were doing those those trios matches with the Guerreros Laguneros nonstop for a while. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, it, and I kind of mentioned that and he kind of looked at me and he kind of like agreed with me, but it wasn't like a, he's not going to say anything about it. I think he's a good, um, He's a good uh, employee, good soldier. He's not going to say anything bad. He's not going to argue. I, I think he just enjoys wrestling. But I do you, see, you, I do see the, I do notice that he's not as. I think he's you say of, that, and I think, well, for sure, of course, he's a good soldier. He comes from a family of L.A. Park and and, yeah. and <laughs> Fonda. One of them has to be like one of them has to be like the good one. Like everybody else is a rebel. Fiery, fiery employees that people get tired of over the their career the last 30 years yeah yeah that's true i mean it's i think it's i think it's just i, I do notice it because like even when you like look at the like photos like you don't even have to watch the matches you watch photos and he just looks so like and he, if he's in the corner you just look at him like he's so disinterested in some of the stuff that he's doing and when he gets in there with narrow castles he's very excited or if it's somebody that he's really like Carbonario, he gets excited like the one the little uh-huh. sequence they did with caristico and uh mystico he kind of looked excited for that but then he goes back to like facing, you know, Angel de Oro or guys like that, and it's not, it's not the same for him. Not the same, yes. Yeah. So you, think, so you think Sobrano Jr. is basically going to win it all, the Copa Jr. I think he is, and I think it, in large, in the two thirds of that is because they have plans for him, and I hope that's true. And then one third is just just because he's Ultimo Guerrero's guy. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a. That, I I think sense. So I still think that's the biggest reason Angel de Oro won. Yeah. But, the the Reyes del Aire is that, a that they don't have you know they're not going to um, be be they they won't mind if people take to a, a feud with him and Dragon Rojo Jr. But if they don't, then at least they've they've thrown him a crumb and they've thrown Ultimo Guerrero a crumb. Yeah, do you think Sansón Cuatro really didn't they they didn't really need this tournament right? I mean. They're basically set to be. I thought I thought Quattrero looked the best of anybody in the entire tournament so far. Yeah. Although having said that, I mean what he's doing and what Sobrano doing are two like entirely different things. Yeah. I mean you have a thirty minute match and he's in there for twenty six minutes, Quattrero, but he's basing mostly. Yeah. And Sobrano Junior is just timing it so that he gets all his high spots in. Stuff like I, that. So it's it's one of the reasons why it's hard to compare you know heels and rudos and. Or, Technicals and rules and classic lucha because mm-hmm. they're trying to do, do such different things for their fans. But I was, I am getting to the point where I'm preferring Quattrero of the three of them the more. Yeah. Where up until about a month ago it was Samson. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of I, I I think Volador Jr. will be excited when Quattrero is finally a main eventer just because there's somebody different. <laughs> but it's like he's he's I mean as as far as that his performance in that tournament was so much. I mean, basically, he, I don't think the Technicals wanted any of those Rudos, other Rudos to be in the match. So I think they kind of tried to get them out yeah. as quickly as possible yeah. and just kept Quattro the entire time. Cause he was like, a, to be, 
it was amazing. It was a really good performance by him. Yeah, and and I I appreciate the new Dinamita, and and I want them to get pushed, but you know, fair is fair. Where where is the push for Tiger and Puma? Yeah, I mean, I I, I love the Dinamita, but Tiger and Puma are a level above them, and why are they just sitting on the bench so often? Yeah, why are they? Why, I think there's more excitement for them wrestling outside of Mexico in the upcoming months than there is in CML, just because they don't really do anything with them. Like I think, I think they. I mean, Puma's the main event. Puma, like I like I said a few times. I think if you give Puma the type of push that um, Penta Seto Emmett got when he first started getting over with the crowd, I think he'd mm-hmm. be that type. I think he'd be that type of wrestler. I think Tiger's also shown that he's he's a lot better than than he showed when he was with the TRT at that time. When I think he was not that group just didn't fit him as much. He fits so much better with his brother, but. Um, yeah. Another another faction. Speaking of factions that are in CML, um, what are your thoughts on Niebla Roja leaving, getting kicked, well, possibly getting kicked out of Los Guerrero Laguneros? I well, I suspect it is because I suspect that that that's the sort of setup that that can lead to a lot of interesting or not interesting, but new um, feud partners down the road. You know. Niebla Roja is very consistent, and his brother Angel de Oro is very inconsistent. But I would like to, I would be interested to see how well they do if CMLL really had some interest in pushing regular tag teams. I mean, if they had, you know, the Panther and Blue Panther Jr., Tiger and Puma, yeah. Sanson and Glotrero, um, and then you have the, the Angel de Oros and Plantas and stuff like that, they've, they've, they've got enough to, to give a a division, and if it's not a division, then certain guys within them, a bigger push than they're getting now. Yeah. Um, it seems, I've always thought he kind of got lost in that shuffle, the Guerrero shuffle, that he was an excellent part of the team and he worked, but it wasn't necessarily, he was like, like the odd person out of the yeah. four. And that, that this, you know, it depends on what they, you know, you know, once he leaves, then what do they do with him? I'd love to see what their plans are. But I can see scenarios where it would work out much, much better for him. Yeah, I, I kind of wish they would. I would and I would keep the name. I would keep yeah, the name. I, I kind of would like to see him feud with Dragon Lee just to see if that would be another, another anniversary match. Although I don't, I don't know if that. I, I'm guessing that that's pretty much gone. You know, by the wayside now. It's no longer. Oh, I mean, you can. I mean, it's CMLL has so many clicks for the yeah. you know this, and, <laughs> and and you can tell when people like Teton and and. And um, Dragon Rojo Jr. are just just sitting there. Titan is very talented. Dragon Rojo Jr. is fine. He's not great. He's fine. He's, yeah. he's worth keeping on your roster. And they're just lounging around with nothing to do because they've got no power base behind them pushing them when they set up their feuds and angles and bookings and in and, and, and the, the meetings. This, you know, the the four four meet or the seven four meetings or whatever they're. Paco's offices these days. Yeah, you know it's it's weird because they have so many shows that they could actually do stuff with these guys, and they don't really yeah. like if you if you watch the Tuesday show, it's basically just a a regular, you know, average. I mean, we've seen shows that are booked that way in in, in just local lucha libre shows. It's it's very average. It's not it's not anything different that you're going to see. Do you think that CML airing those Puebla well streaming the Puebla and Tuesday shows? online do you think that helps or hurts the promotion actually my honest impression is is it's neither helping nor hurting yeah it's so not growing it. their it's not growing their audience 
it's giving the chance on rare occasions for people to see match, really nice matches. But I mean, you see the view counts and stuff like that. And yeah, Puebla is a big enough city as it is, but it's certainly no Mexico City. But certainly, the availability are, is there for a TV market of over 20 million people. Um, and, and granted, it's a third world country, so maybe two million of them are going to have streaming internet access. It's probably more than that, but it, you know, it's. I'm not seeing it make any difference. I'm not seeing any of their streaming except Friday night make one difference or another. They have, over the years, so retrenched away. They've lost um, Arena Coliseo Acapulco. They have stopped going to Cuernavaca and Coretro during the week. They uh, they basically, when they cut ties with Apollo Dantes, they just made um, Guadalajara into a every other week sort of thing. Yeah. They de-emphasized de- the matches and the importance of Arena Coliseo in Mexico City. They've kind of got the impression to the fans over and over again that the only important things that happen are on Friday nights in Arena Mexico. Yeah. And if there's something like this midgets or this, this mascots match that is happening, we will tell you about it during the Friday night show so you will know to look in. Yeah, I mean... It, they it, they it, painted it, themselves into a corner where... They have 52 profitable, nice, profitable shows each week, and the rest is just bookings to keep the talent around so they can book them on Friday nights when they need them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, sometimes I wonder about those shows because it's like I don't even know why they put them up because it's especially a published show. I mean, they, I don't think there's ever – I think maybe there's been one good match in the past year on there. At least in, on the Tuesday show, they've had on Black Terry Negro Navarro on there the last couple of weeks, but it's like – there really is, or they'll have a title match, but it, those those Puebla shows really seem like they're rushed by the end of the by the end of the night because the main well, event. Is- do you remember way way back in like 15 years ago when we we got results from Puebla by by going to like Yahoo groups and 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 places like um, uh, um, you know Lucha Mia Robas and. Yeah. and sites <laughs> like this. And there was a guy, Ugo nine nine nine, Ugo did the results from Puebla every Monday night. And I, all I got from his stuff was, besides the fact that he spoke in this really odd kind of slang, was that the Puebla guys tried hard in the first match every time, and then the rest of the card was just the yeah, <laughs> You know, it was just there. Yeah. Maybe that's just been the way Puebla has been for so long. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that it has to be that. I mean, there, there's, there's been periods where it's been okay, but I think it was also because it was when it would have get TV, it would be like a less than two hours long. So we, obviously they would edit out certain things, so you didn't, you didn't see the entire thing. And I think there's yeah. also the, the novelty of seeing it for the first time. But like these shows have been just so brutal to watch. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people are actually watching those. I know Cubs fans. Um, when he live streams, the Clara Sports is already blowing away. Um, the the Puebla and Tuesday um, streams, the numbers. So that's it is, and that of course the people that people are paying attention. The important stuff does happen on Friday nights. Yeah, and the arena really is a special place, unlike any other arena in the world, including you know the PWG stuff and Reseda and everything else. I mean, it is an experience unique that's still an '80s and '90s experience transported to the modern age that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Even though, you know, I look at the crowd and I say, oh, my goodness, this crowd is so clean and well-dressed and well-scrubbed. 
at Arena Mexico, uh-huh. which is not a Lucha Libre. I mean, I've been to Lucha Libre cards in Mexico, <laughs> and that is not the crowd yeah. that goes to Lucha Libre at any other shows, street shows, any other shows. Yeah. But they get, they get, they, they, they have their way of doing things and the, the truest things that they ever said about the series and stable was back when, um, American, um, Gigolo, Chad, was was wrestling, and he used to write in every week some comment to like DVD, VR, or whatever. It says, "CML is just stuck twenty years behind the time. They're just yeah. stuck. They don't move. They don't. They, we did it." And he used he said this two or three times. We did it this way, and it worked in the past, so we're doing it that way forever. You know, the the one thing I've I've noticed how like now that there's so much more. Um, Thanks to the internet, we get more access to like actual wrestlers in Mexico who do interviews and stuff like that. And yeah. them coming to Los Angeles, getting not just myself interviewing them, but other people interviewing them. Uh, I noticed how many of these guys would love to work for CML, and it just seems like CML would uh, would doesn't really like. Uh, there's really like you have to have a family member or be a friend of someone to get in, but it's like I, I was really surprised. Like some of the guys, like Doctor Cerebro on um, Pentagon, was saying that he won't. He wanted to be in CML at one point. Ray Phoenix said the same thing. It's like you hear all these guys, and it's like we end up with guys like Nitro and you know um, Scandalo and Stigma. You know, it's oh yeah, it's nepotism. It's huge nepotism, and it's it's like it's it's there's it, a part of it. I want to credit Paco because he's the last promoter in the world that does this. It says if I hire you and start start you here, I would like to give you a job for life. Yeah. He's the only one left that will do it, and I would argue in this day and age that that's actually hurting his business, that philosophy, but I don't begrudge him if that's really what he's saying, and there are some people that have told me that's literally what, what they believe, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, fine. That's that's an acceptable philosophy. It's, go- it's going to make a lot of your stuff product stale, but I can understand that as a human resources thing to do, as, as a human thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, 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 I mean, how do you explain like Mr. Niebla showing up every couple of months? You know, he's oh. a change, and he's still. Did, he's you, did you see him on Friday night? <laughs> I, I pretty much. I mean, I pretty much ignored that match. That was a really bad match. His 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 gear that he had was a ripped uh, muscle shirt, a ripped wife beater, and um, do you remember Abdul El Esclavo from the nineties? Who was that? He worked. He worked with uh, Ari Romero. Oh, okay, Chief. yeah. Abdul Abdul the slave, who was like, oh yes, I remember. Even him. bigger than Brazo de Plato, and wore the stereotypical Abdul the butcher pantaloon pants. Uh huh. That's what Niebla had on. Oh no. His, his <laughs> leg, the the size of the pants on his legs was a forty eight waist. Yeah, I mean, I mean his waist waist was must have been a sixty. You he know looked that. Horrible. And I, I think that's where you kind of see where uh, Paco and the Luderoff family are a little more, um, like you were saying, they're a little more compassionate for their, their talent. Because, I mean, any other promotion, they would have just tossed them aside already. Well, I, you know, and, but, and, and he's an embarrassment. Yeah. It's the point where you've got to look at him, just like I said, for including writing this in Super Lucha so that the people down there would read it, because I was told there were people in the office that read my column. Uh-huh. Back when Super Luchas was there, was that you're like you're morally, morally um, obliged not to send Super 
Forky out there when he can't even walk down the ramp safely anymore. He's so fat and so out of shape. He's going to die in the ring, and you're going to remember, and we're going to continue to bring it up, how he shouldn't have even been booked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 and the it was like that now. I mean he's just he's just he's yeah. Gone. I, I think I think at some point they they really should, especially with so much going on. It's like it would you don't want another like accident or something happening with that guy still being. Oh, well, they should bring back Busca de Onidolo and just let him be a judge again. Oh no, he was horrible on that. <laughs> a drunk a drunk judge. Yes, he was really bad. The only highlight was uh, Zacharias was sitting behind him. And making sure, like, or Tirantes' reaction to him, oh, yeah. whatever. Well, he that was, yeah, that was during the stretch where they wouldn't let uh, Zacharias go all the way to the ring, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. Uh, I guess we should talk about, I wanted to ask about your thoughts on independent talent in CMLL. Do you think there's going to be more in the future? Because uh, we've been seeing Black Terry and Nervo Novaro there. Do you think that's going to be happening more often, or is it? Who knows? Well, the big thing to me, Fredo, is whether or not how long how long uh, Paco Alonso continues to do this. Yes, <laughs> um, it's now been it's now been over thirty years since. It, well, let me rephrase that. In a couple of weeks, it will be the thirtieth anniversary of the day that um, Salvador Lutheran passed away. Oh wow! And even though he w- you know he passed away then, he, and he was he still came to the office. He had more or less turned things over to his son Chavo, mm-hmm. and. Chavo at the time in 87, 88, really wanted to be a boxing promoter, a wrestling promoter. Boxing was hot at that time. And he kind of let Paco handle it, and Chavo would get involved whenever Paco screwed up. But Paco's been doing this basically for over 30 years. Yeah, it's a long time. And yet he's in his 60s. And the question is, at what point in time does does he want to say, and goodness knows by by whole slew of independent accounts, Back when I was trying to write the book before my mind, my memories just collapsed and stuff like that, and um, and I did all the interviews I did. Nobody, nobody ever disputed the fact that the Lutheros that just made a ton of money off of wrestling. First Salvador, and then ever since then, I mean, you know, owning their own arenas, all of the, they are very well off. Paco is very well off. His daughter is very well off. The question is, how long do they continue? Does he want to continue to do this? As long as he's there, then my answer to your question about independent talent is, as long as he's there, I think very little. Yeah, I think he is just not the kind of guy that... My impression of Paco is my impression of a conversation I had with Ernesto Acampo after he talked to Pierre Ross Jr. about booking philosophies, and this may be 15, 18 years ago, was that... In CMLL, you want to do as little as possible because you're going to have Atlantis on top five years from now and 10 years from now and 15 years from now. You want him to be hot when you need him for a main event, or you want Ryo de Jalisco Jr. to be hot when you need him, or you want Pierre Roth to be hot for Rudo and stuff like that. You can't book them hardcore um, um, foot on the pe- all the way to the pedal every week on a weekly house show promotion for 52 weeks for 15 years. It just doesn't work. And so what you do is you try and find a balance where you get the guys, their moments, you get the guys, their spots, but they sum it up as do as little as possible. Um, while still, while still trying to get your one or two points open over each card. Yeah. And 
Pox has never been a guy that really thought. I mean, he the one guy I know he really liked was uh, was um, Tim Tim was Fabuloso Blondie. Uh huh. He thought that worked just well. Right. I, that's that's probably and, why you like Sam Adonis too now. Yeah, and and I can see him trying to recreate something of that, but he would never do anything remotely like what the Crash would do. Yeah. Because I mean, I think I think he's okay with Black Terry Negro Navarro, but it doesn't seem like he's as interested in. Yeah. I mean, he's had he's had his experience with L.A. Park, so. <laughs> I mean, he tried save, what Saban and Shelley one year for the anniversary show. Yeah. I mean, for him, that's a stretch, and for in the modern age, no other promoter would consider that you know that sort of outside talent for your biggest show of the year a stretch. Yeah. But for him, it still is, and you know, like I said before. They do things that worked in the past until it doesn't work anymore. And they understand there's going to be down cycles, up and down cycles. And they've made a ton of money and they can wait out the down cycles. I guess I should, I should ask you two final questions. Okay, this is going to be the last two. Well, actually three, because I should ask you, what, what's your prediction for the anniversary this year? I, I still think because Ultimo Guerrero, just because he has so much power, but he's going to wiggle his way in there and have a hair versus mask match with Caristico. Oh, really? I don't think they will run Rush or Atlantis yet. I think they're going to save that until they get to the point where one or the other one, either Atlantis says, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go call it a career in three or six months, or Rush says another promotion in America may be deciding to use me. They may hold, you know, a tournament next year. A lighter weight tournament next year, bring it in, yeah, or something like that. But I don't think they're going to run that yet. And of course, they've got a really good, solid six, seven. It was, they, the, the core attendance used to be four thousand for many years in this particular decade, from 2010 to 2014-15. It's gone to about six to eight thousand now, and they yeah. may not have to do as much. As uh, as shown by the Diamante Azul Pierroff match, yeah, they may not true. have to do as much with the anniversary shows. They could do Diamante Azul versus Rush, which I'm sure out. you would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, well, the big the big question I have for them is is that if if Triple Mania is this gigantic success and has a million, I think the house is scaled for a million and a half dollars. So if they sold out, there's no guarantee they will. But if they do, they would break. Um, Paco's attendance or, or gate record yeah. for the biggest wow. gate in Mexico. Would he want to try a something major like Russian Atlantis that would uh, he could charge sufficiently high ticket prices at Arena Mexico and try and take that back? I don't know. I don't know. He's we he's not had to face that scenario in years and years and years. And I don't know. He may be perfectly happy running just you know Carisco and Ultimo Guerrero as a solid, decent, not. Off the charts, but certainly uh, it'll be get, gather more interest than last year. So you think Elite's done, or are they coming back? I think Elite's done. No, no, I think Elite's done. I think Elite's <laughs> done, except in, in, name, in name. Yeah, I, I think we keep getting like people saying that. I think now the latest was Cybernetic was saying they were coming back later this later in May or something, and it's like I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I, I I now will no longer accept that from any wrestler. If TV Azteca in Mexico wants to tell me that, then I'll believe it. Yeah, yeah. But if a wrestler tells me that, I'm thinking that's just using an elite name on a card to get you know it's it's to get you know some attendance built up. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, at least probably means even less than Distromania means. <laughs> oh, that was my next question. How excited are you about Jack Swagger's Mexico debut on Distromania? Well, it's going to be. This is going to be like next the Micros match, the match of the uh, the match of the month. <laughs> even even though it's the ones in April and ones in May. Yeah. The the Jack Swagger Alberto Del Rio reencuentro with with with. Kenny Blas Jr. promoting it in what Palacio de los Deportes? Is that where it is? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it, it's got all the signs except for the fact that Del Rio is on there, and I think he actually is a mainstream. He, he can sell tickets on his name. It's got all the designs of a disaster written on it. <laughs> yeah, I think we had like a little debate about how bad, how long Full would be around. But I was trying to explain to the guys, Full's going to be around no matter what. I think. I think that's basically Tinebler Jr.'s yeah, well, job now. So yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that's his. That's his. That's, that's what he files his income taxes. Is being yeah, so his like, promoter for full. Yeah. Even though there's no no real federation of that name, but yeah. So my final question: Will you purchase a CD of Mascarano dos Mil's new album Sangre Caliente? Only if he has it tw- twenty songs there, one to each of his each of his children. <laughs> There's only ten. There's only ten songs. Sorry, I guess you're not going to purchase it. Which 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 ten children are he le- is he leaving out? Yeah, he's leaving no. out a few. No, that's that's only I would do something if I didn't like my neighbors. I like my neighbors. <laughs> uh, you know, I should actually find that and actually just play it on one of the next Lucha World podcasts as the intro and outro. Yeah. It should be my my intro and outro. Yes, I will. I, I he said it's on YouTube, so maybe I should look for it and add it to this to this week's show. Yeah. <laughs> any, any anything you'd like to plug right now, Steve? So while, while no, you're no. Here. Actually, no, <laughs> actually, no. There's I'm I'm very very um, hopeful that the second half of the year in Mexico will be the best half year of business between Triple Mania and the anniversary show and crash getting itself set with the wrestlers it has and that this looks to be a knock on wood i know i said this about triple a two years ago but it looks to be the start of a boom cycle so my my parting comment my parting thought is i'm very optimistic now about how things are going all triple a has to do i don't care what's on the undercard all you have to do is have that one match they promised and have one guy win that's it that's the that, it doesn't yeah. matter who wins or who loses. They've made only one promise. They can sell a million and a half dollars worth of tickets and whatever merchandise and et cetera. And then Paco will ha- will surely have a main event anniversary show that's more interesting than last year's, which I enjoyed. But I mean, it wasn't to the regular fan. It was, was a a lower tier. I think I think I'd settle with it being better than Dos Leyendas, really. Yeah. Well, even and after that, I mean, I suspect there's almost anything he's got planned in his in 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 his back of his mind is going to be better than the last two the last two of the anniversary of Dosalina. So I'm yeah, very optimistic. Absolutely. I'm very optimistic. I think Crash will work out. I think Lucha. I still believe Lucha Underground will come back. We will see if the if the you know the the hiatus has meant that just too many people have lost interest. And we will see, I think, knock on wood, that um, um, some of the CML All-Stars get pushed 
better, you know, between ROH and New Japan and stuff like that. And that it's not just Pentagon Jr. and the Lucha Brothers that are, are it, it's viewed at the same level as the Ospreys and the Riddles and the Sabres and, and the, the Max and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it should be interesting, especially with, I mean, I think right now it's a bit of a slow period, especially without Lucha Underground around, but I, I do agree with you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting come, um, especially with Lucha Underground, all of us trying to figure out if it's going to have a fourth season. So there's that, and then there's the crash, this whole mess with Impact and AAA and, you know, what's going on with those guys and the crash of the alliance with Noah, um, all the independent it, promotions. It is interesting. It is yeah, interesting. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's, it's just... I think when you when you talk about just the matches themselves, the shows themselves, there's not a lot of interest in that stuff right now. I think that's the I think that's the 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 the, the tough selling point for Lucha right now. So I mean, it's hopefully it gets better as the as the year goes on. So well, you, you never can t- tell, Fredo. I mean, I expected MMA to just be bursting in Mexico yeah. right now, and it isn't. It just didn't catch on. It just didn't. Yeah, and I think, maybe I remember his ideas of these, you know. Dream matches is just not what the marketplace in Mexico wants. I think there will be a marketplace, but I could be wrong. Yeah, be, I, I think I think no the market for it. Yeah, I think the problem with the crash is that they do a lot of these matches where there's like so many people in the matches and so many names that you can't really focus on like one particular. It doesn't. It just looks. It's a great card. I mean, it's top to bottom, but there's not one match you're focusing on, and I yeah. think that's the. I think that's the trouble. Although I don't, I'm not a big fan of them bringing in Jeff Jarrett and all those guys either, so you know. I, I yes, he's not. He, there's, <laughs> he, there's there's good reason for you to feel that way. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I should you should mention you you write weekly on Figure Four Weekly. Or are you not doing that anymore, or what? No, I, I am. I am still yeah. I'm still doing it. Yeah. I, and I, I I was hopeful for a while that if the boom had kept up, that Ernesto would restart Super Luchas, but I don't think that's I think the, the days of Lucha magazines being bought at, at newsstands by the, the metro stations in Mexico City, which is where most of them were bought. I think yeah. those days are gone. I've seen Ernesto write more on, on, on Super Luchas lately, though, so that's been good. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think yeah, so I'm, I'm hopeful for that. But, yeah, that's it. That's about it. Yeah. Are you, you're doing your weekly uh, appearance on Wrestling Observer, Observer Live, too, right? I am, the, but... The the commentary and the the you know I'm approaching sixty. I have had years and years of people listening to me. There are now younger voices between yours and 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 Dylan's and Raul's and and Eric's and Cubs fan and Rob's and stuff like that. It's I'm ready to pass the torch. To be perfectly honest, I'm not oh, retiring no, yet. Right. You can't retire yet. Come on, Steve. I'm not retiring yet, but it's 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 over the horizon because. There are people who just simply follow follow it more frequently and are more attuned to current audience. It's, it's like Steve Yohe. Steve Yohe knows as much as he does now than he did 20 years ago, but there's just there's not the person to relate it to in yeah. the same way. Yeah. yeah well, I, I thank you so much for doing this podcast again, Steve. Um, I, I know we already talked about our, you coming back and doing another episode and doing Lucha Classica, so we look forward to that. Um, thank yes, you. It's a three minute, three minute show of Kurt Brown uh, reviewing Kurt Brown's five star matches at All Nation Center. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to get Kurt to do this week's show, but it's like I didn't. I don't know if he's he's. I doubt he's watched anything that we talked about. So it's like 
<laughs> I kind of figured we'd just do another show next time when he's available to do the to do the triple A show because I think I think both of you combined could probably like I think you could well, get, no, you could remind him. Now's a good time for me to do it because coming up is Cauliflower Alley and yeah. we'll be with with you guys being there and with Dan being there and and everybody else. It will be there'll be a lot of things to talk about in about ten days, five yeah. ten days. Yeah. So. Yeah, so thanks again, uh, Steve, for doing the show again. And um, I guess I'll tell everybody to keep, keep listening to our show, and uh, we'll talk to them again next time.